calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So how's it going? It's going pretty well. We've, um, we've just finished recording the first season of our new show. And, and how was that for you? Uh, it was, well, why don't we first talk a little bit about before we get into, you know, the recording of it and the process and, and, and what I experienced as a, an outsider to your vision, why don't you tell us a little bit? Because you directed this, produced it, you did the sound mixing, the recording, yeah. um, basically everything except... Your job. Except the voice, <laughs> which is my job, yeah. <laughs> and so, you do editing, but not in a audio sense, but in a... Yeah, uh, more of a typographic. Typographic like. editing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and a little bit of correction, just because I feel like I cannot say certain things without sounding ridiculous. So I have to yeah. correct them on the fly. And I, have, and I have some Dutchisms now and again. True. And some of them I kind of like. And some <laughs> of them I kind of leave in. Because I'm like, you know what? It contributes to the vibe of, of things being a little bit unusual. Did, a little can you bit. think of when you left it? Uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, maybe I'm, maybe I'm doing this wrong, but I, you, a couple of times, it's starting in the first episode, in fact. Mm. And I think close to the end of the last episode, you use the, the, the word disappear as a, a verb, not like, ah, oh, yeah. I disappeared. But more, a cloud of dust something has disappeared. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it is the something else is actively disappearing. Something else. Yeah. You know what? I think that might be. I meant it like as a stylistic choice. I'm not sure if that's a it's a Dutchism. I don't uh, know if it is either. It could, because verdwijnt. Some yeah, that's not a verb either. No. So. It, but it is unusual. Then. It's just I unusual. Didn't know it's, that. it's like a little bit. It feels a little bit like unnatural. Yeah. Yeah. You see what I mean? Yeah. Um, so, so you're making some pretty poetic choices then uh, behind the scenes. A lot of, I mean, frankly, a lot of the time I also just overlook stuff. So, but um, why don't you why don't you tell us a little bit about how you came up with the idea? Um, you know, without spoiling anything, because there's still plenty to come. Yeah, like the initial idea, I think I had it, or um, uh, like the setup that idea I had a long time ago when I read this interview with um, this guitarist from at the drive-in. Oh yeah, I remember them. And um, uh, and later the Mars Volta. Yeah. And, and he he 
he told his life story and and he started out saying that after I don't remember exactly, but um, after high school or whatever, he ran away from home uh, and just traveled the um, El Paso desert uh, selling drugs. <laughs> and I don't, and that was it. And he made it this mysterious thing of him disappearing for a couple of years and his dad was really worried and he did lots of acid. Wow. And for some reason, I thought that's a perfect setup of just of just running away and then, you know, especially into the de- the desert is always this weird. Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, it's like a, a, an environment we're not really supposed to be in. Yeah, right? I mean, it's exactly. not very conducive to, <laughs> yeah, to life. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I don't know, that's not really an idea yet, but just that image stuck with me of this weird psychedelic guy just running away and then coming back a couple of years later with some vague uh, adventure stories. <laughs> uh, and then that just stuck with me. And then we made the Decatapes, of course, which you uh, also contributed to. Right. Um, uh, and that's really like extremely plot driven. So I think uh, George R. R. Martin has this architect versus gardener um, comparison, like some some writers plot out everything. They're like an architect, and some writers just plant seeds and let it grow while they write it. So Decatapes was extremely architecture. Like every single piece had to fit, uh, otherwise it would all fall apart at the end. Well, that's I think if I can just mm-hmm. <clears throat> excuse me, butt in there is because I mean thematically sort of geometry and mm. and numbers were were very much like uh, a core part of the decatapes. Interesting. I hadn't thought of that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So maybe that's one of the reasons that you felt that I mean it was very very structured. Yeah. Uh, that was sort of Yeah, the structure was almost the the idea. Like right, the idea exactly. was structural. Exactly. Like yeah. even the sense of this, you know, the triangle with the uh yeah. with the 10 or 9 um Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like 10. Yeah. Uh and and that was a lot of fun, but um, and then I got a book deal uh, in Holland. So I wrote a Dutch book, which which was just as structural, the idea. So again, mm-hmm. like extremely architecture. Um, it's called The Man with a Thousand Faces. Yeah. It might be coming out in English one day. Who I knows? hope so. <laughs> it, has, it has Hire yet- me to translate it for <laughs> you. <laughs> deal. It has yet to come out in Holland because of COVID. There's no paper. But that's a whole different story. Um, <laughs> Uh, That's why we had to start recording. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, so so after delivering those two major uh, architecture style writing, I, I just felt like um, writing a character and just following him along to wherever he goes. So I didn't I didn't know that was the mission to myself, which was very hard because um, ar- uh, architecture comes a lot more natural to me than. Um, gardening, apparently. <laughs> uh, but that's what I wanted to do. I just wanted to write and see where it goes. I wanted to write it for myself just as a kind of an escape from, uh, you know, as uh, to, to get some balance, right? And be and get back to more pl- plot-driven stuff refreshed. Um, but then the 10 episodes, I wrote them really quickly and knew where I wanted the whole show to go. Uh, and I was like, oh, I got to do something with this because this is so much fun. Uh, and then I sent you the pilot script um, just as to kind of gauge, you know, uh, with the, right. because also very different from the Decatapes is that there's one main character. So it was really important. Yeah. That's one thing with the Decatapes is that obviously each episode <clears throat> focuses on a, on a different person. Yeah. So you have a different perspective, a different voice. Yeah. Um, and each person provides one piece of the puzzle. Yes. Uh, whereas in this case, you're getting a lot of your information from one 
probably quite biased perspective. Yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I was like, okay, if I'm going to uh, if I'm going to do this for real, then I need someone who kind of goes along on the journey, uh, also willing to explore a bit, um, and someone who's available. <laughs> yeah. You live really close by. That's right. That's right. That was. I think that's what ended up securing me the Decatapes job. Right? Was I speak English and I'm willing to work for free. So, <laughs> not. The, yeah, it's not the fact that you're a really good voice actor. It's just that you're close. Exactly. Yeah. It's just so convenient. I'll put but, that on my LinkedIn. But I think I sent it to a couple of people that first um, script, and all of them were like, I expected like lots of feedback because I thought this is kind of this is way too fever dream out there now. Right. But I got barely any feedback from people who are usually very critical uh, of my work. Oh. Which is good, by the <laughs> way. Uh, and But everybody was like, no, just change this. And you're like 90% there. And I'm interested to see where it goes. And I was like, oh, if this, like, this process is awesome. <laughs> wow. If I get to go on an adventure with this guy and then only have to tweak this and it works, let's, let's give it a shot. So... Um, Do you think there's an element there that because because you're approaching this more organically that yes. you don't feel so threatened. Like it's not yeah. like you're building a masterpiece complete and, and presenting it to people and you're afraid that, you know, people might not like it or they'll throw stones at it. Yeah. Whereas now, you know, it's a rose bush. Like it doesn't have to be angular and neat yeah. and completely perfect and flat, you know? I think that's it exactly. Also because with the other style, it takes very, very long to create eight episodes, for example, mm -hmm. like with the Deca tapes. And here, like, I, I'm, I hope we can make 50. Uh, and the format lends itself to, I mean, I know where it should end, um, but there's a million ways we can get there. Uh, and also, sure. so, so the fact that you're able to, to make the journey that long with much more content um, means it's not... It's not as bad if someone doesn't like one section of one episode, but someone else does. That's fine. I mean, we're, we're, you know. Yeah, that's true. It's it's much more of a, a buffet. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the one thing that's just really scary to me is I want to. Um, uh, what I like about about plots is that all the promises made, um, uh, like all the checks get cashed in. Right? There's no loose threads. Uh, you don't feel cheated out of out of a mystery anywhere. Um, uh, I think that's important. Yes, that's very I, important. I hate that feeling. Yes, lost. Yes. Uh, <laughs> In fact, that's the reason as soon as they announced a second season of that show, yeah. I stopped watching. Because mm. I was like, they're never going to answer my questions. Like, I'm not going to find out what this bunker is about. Like, yeah. they're just going to keep milking this until they run out of money. And then it's just going to sort of die. Yeah. You know? And I feel that's, I mean, it's easy to, to, make, to make up a really mysterious situation, especially if you don't know... They don't like, provide any context. No. Sure, it's <laughs> no. super mysterious. So for me, like, if people know me in podcasting, it's from the Deca tape. So the one thing that got me really nervous was, okay, if they're going to expect, like, um, some huge payoff to, like, root this kind of almost fantasy-style story into the real world again, uh, yeah. That's, That's not, not going happening. to happen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's an explanation for everything, but not in a, a Deca tape style at all. Sure. And I think that, I mean, the, the strength of the Deca tapes or one of the strengths of the Deca tapes was that it had this <clears throat> sort of uh, hidden layer, right? That yeah. There was a, I won't call it a twist, but there was something to it that you had to piece together or yes. learn. And only at the end did it become explicitly clear. Yeah. Um, whereas leaving Corvat is a different animal. Um yeah. And it 
I think that one of the things that makes it so different is that there is no explanation for a lot of the weirdness. I mean, I um, we'll we'll talk a little bit more about the plot and and your influences and stuff, but I mean, I have read all the scripts and read them out loud multiple times, and I've even read ahead to the future to the scripts yeah. you've already prepared. Um, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> like, it's, it's, I'm still completely confused as to what's going on. The thing is, with the decatypes, I hope. It, that as a listener, you're kind of puzzling along or trying to fit the pieces together. And here, I hope you're just going for the ride. Yeah, it's more of a fantasy than yeah. a mystery. I would yes, say. exactly. Yeah. And if something, if some symbolism suddenly makes sense to you, um, that's good. And I know why all the pieces are there. Right. And, but but I don't. Yeah. I mean, I I've, I've put the pieces together many times and, yeah, yeah, and yeah. presented many different images. Yeah. But I'm not sure which one of them, if any of them. Is correct. You've you know? been very close, though. Oh yeah? Okay. yeah. Yeah. Now I just need to figure out which of my many theories. <laughs> but again, this sounds like there's one major plot exactly, that will completely which, blow your mind. But yeah. that's not the point. No, no, no. Exactly. Uh, I mean, it's more. I guess it's more about the journey than the destination. Yeah. In this case. And and I do think, uh, like talking about influences, one of the many certainly is the Dark Tower. We we're just talking about that. Yeah. I read that when I was really young, and um, like now reading back the scripts. I kind of discover myself how much of an influence that is because there's lots of references I wasn't even aware of. Um, but that's very much journey before destination. For me personally, the ending didn't... didn't it's not very satisfying. No. no. Uh, it was fine. And there was some symbolism. Uh, I won't spoil it. Um, yeah, but preferably the journey is amazing and the destination is like... Uh, uh, at least good enough, right? That's what yeah. we're going for. Right. Uh, so I'm not as brave as Stephen King, nor would I want to compare myself with him, but just to stay in this, uh, like he didn't, he doesn't know where his books end. I would, I don't have the courage to do that. I know where it ends. I just don't know uh, how we get there. Um, and that's how I sell to myself that the ending is, you know, satisfying. Right. Uh, because, well, I mean, if it's essentially the foundation you've built the rest of it around, then at least you're not in danger of kind of completely missing yeah. missing the point at the end. You know yeah, I mean? yeah, but the mission to myself was don't plot, just, just uh, go. Yeah, just yeah. just do it Gardner style, but I couldn't. Right. <laughs> I couldn't completely. Well, Gardner, interesting that you mentioned that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, you know, that's one of the characters in the in, yeah. in season one that we've come across. Um, I think another way to put it is plotter and pantser, by the way. I think that's a more... Um, uh, common way to say it. What is? So gardener and architect. Yeah. Plotter, someone who plots, and pantser, someone who's oh by the seat of their pants. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I was yeah. like. Yeah. But anyway, you had a, you had an amazing transition going there. I did yeah, segue yeah, super yeah. well. Segue. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So I mean, the gardener is one of the different characters. We have a lot of sort of unusual people. Yeah. That in some ways feel like they could be real. Yeah. Whereas others are, you know, clearly just fantastic, you know, um, like Mr. Crow. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm just sort of curious, what are some of your, um, the origins of these people? Are they, did, are they just archetypes? I mean, is the gardener like Walter White? Uh, <laughs> in a sense, like, or, or, you know, does he represent something more sinister, like the devil or, you know, or does it, I mean, I'm not saying there has to be a clear mm -hmm. analog, but I'm just curious what was it that sort of brought these characters towards uh, forwards for you? Yeah, so some of them are um, <clears throat> uh, 
real life magnified. Uh, like in the like in the pilot episode when um, when uh, we're in the flashback scene, uh, we meet his boss, which they mockingly call Mr. Crow because of the way he hunches over his desk. Exactly. Um, yeah. I mean, he's not. It's only later that we find out. <laughs> yeah. That he's literally uh, yeah. a crow. And then in the chase, he's a real, he's actually a crow. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, and of course, in the 10th episode, um, you you hear the transition between the two. Um, so this guy, so that's, yeah. Everybody's met people who have like a kind of animal archetype quality to them for some reason. Oh, for right? sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so this is just that um, kind of, made literal um but other characters um like the gardener um are more conceptual for the story so an important part of the story is the fact that he gets marked by this guy Mm -hmm. um uh, because he's trying to like we make up this fake uh or there's this fake origin story of why some people have like port wine stains yeah um uh, uh it's because of this fruit that's now been uh like uh mavis fruit yeah uh um, and Sounds that really concept good, is important the to the story. Like there had to be a way where um, the he was forced to interact with that. Yes, or? and and he and he can't escape it. Sure. Yeah. So uh, the gardener is more of a way to sell this, um, and I oh, and I just like uh, contrasting villains where they seem. I mean, it's a classic trick, but you know, some some uh, older guy, kindly tending, old man, yeah, 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 yeah. tending to his. Uh, tending to his uh, plants, um, but then b- being this evil drug lord, I don't know. Yeah, it's made me look at my dad differently. You yeah, know? Like, <laughs> is what, is he, he, <laughs> what is he doing in that back garden all the time? <laughs> is he a gardener? Yeah, what's going? What, what's he growing over there? <laughs> <laughs> what kind of fruit is he trying to make? <laughs> exactly. Have you been marked, Gosper? Who knows? Who knows? Mm. Nobody can see. That's the uh, <laughs> advantage of being in this office. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, talking of you being in this office, then at one point. Uh, I was like, hey, you want to join in? And you got a script? Or, or did you get all of them? Um, or did we start out with only in the pilot? How much did you know? How much context did you have when you started? I think when we just started, we it was just the first one. Oh, yeah. Um, and then after that, you shared the rest of them with me on um, Google, Google Drive. Drive or something like that. Uh, but uh, I think it was just the first one. But to be fair, when I did Deca tapes, I had no idea. Like no. I had not, and you were very, that was a, that was a key part of the production on, on your end was yes. that the actors were not given the full story. They didn't know what was going on. Because neither did the characters. No, exactly. And so that one, you know, the recordings for that were completely blind. Like I was yeah. talking about stuff that didn't make any sense to me because I didn't know what it was talking about. Like yeah. there was a, a line where I had to say something about earning my sex badge. <laughs> yeah. what, what does that mean? Like... <laughs> Uh, but you know, so without the context, it, it, it's a little bit difficult to kind of get into the, yeah. into the spirit of it. But I think that the advantage of, of this one, and I don't know if, if this is just serendipity, but I'm, you know, I, I can relate very strongly to this character of the sleeper. Yeah. Um, why is that? What in him? Well, being a 30 something year old, who's dissatisfied with how far they've come with their life and aren't we all? Yeah. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I'd like to think that it's not just me and the sleeper, but um, uh, no. yeah, a lot of things like his, his fear, his self-doubt, um, his escapism. Like there's a lot of different things that I can really relate to. And in some cases that makes it easier. To so these are the core teams, by the way. 
These are the core themes of the entire show. What you just summed up. Yeah, I know, well, that's <laughs> so that makes sense. Yeah, that's yeah. good <laughs> because those are emotions I can tap into pretty well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, in fact, that was kind of funny. We had to just as a, an anecdote. One of the recordings um, was it the one where I was where the sleeper was in going to jail or I don't remember, but he had to be super scared, like you know, I, like try to sound really really frightened. And I had just had like a whole deal with my landlord the yeah. day before. And I wasn't sure if I was going to keep my apartment. So it was very easy to tap into that. Yeah, like, I remember. This is when we, uh, so we recorded the pilot episode twice. We recorded it at my old office. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Um, and it was still kind of, the script wasn't where it should, where it should have been yet. Um, and, I wa and I wasn't... Um, sure enough yet where the story was going to give you really good direction. So it came out a bit flat. Sure, yeah. Um, and then the second time around, um, uh, I was sure where, uh, where it was going. Oh, yeah. And you were like, we need to ramp up the emotion a little yeah. bit. And I was like, that's good because I'm terrified. Yeah. And you came in like, <laughs> yeah. like, like you said, hi, I could get a high in. And then you were like, my landlord. And I'm like, <laughs> so unfair. <laughs> and then we just used that for um, that opening scene. Like the first... The first line actually is you like racing through the desert to to yeah. to flee Mr. Crow, and I think that's one of the one of the strongest parts. In part, probably because the emotion was. I was very real. close to tears just in general. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. yeah, all is well now. By the way, right? Uh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. 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 In fact, he's uh, he just had to send me a bunch of money because he's not doing his job properly. Great. So we kind of flipped the script a little bit. Very good. <laughs> Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Um, yeah, so that was easy to tap into, but uh, there's more context, right, than deck tapes? Or do Absolutely, you still yeah. feel completely Well, lost? no, no, no. I mean, again, I've, now I have access to all the scripts. I get to read along. We, you know, you've, you've been very, very sort of generous in allowing me quite a lot of creative input. Yeah. Which I really like. And um, so I, you know, I have theories. I'm not going to throw them all out there because maybe I'll accidentally nail it. And <laughs> I'm, I'll poker face it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, but what, uh, and be honest, were you, um, were you immediately like, um, oh, I get this. I get where this is going. Or did you have to like. Oh, no. Uh, yeah. Not at all. Like, because again, I still don't really know where it's going. I just, I, it seems like a fun trip. Like, yeah. It yeah. seems like an enjoyable journey and. Um, I wouldn't say this is normally like what I would normally be into. Yeah. You know, I think there's a, a strong sort of Lynchian quality to this. It's all very surreal and dreamlike. Yeah. Um, which sometimes I love, but in general, I, I don't know. I'm a little bit less creative than that, I guess. I like straightforward things. Um, but in this case, it's really intriguing. Yeah. And I kind of, 
you know, I don't want you to tell me <laughs> what's <laughs> going to happen. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm happy trying to interpret it from 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 the scripts and and the context clues that you give me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, for me, it's just enjoyable to see where it's going to go. And I, again, because I can relate to the character very well. Uh, Do you remember when that clicked? Because I know it wasn't it wasn't after the first script. I think it grew over because obviously I saw similarities. Yeah, yeah. You know, I was like, okay, there's definitely elements of my life and and Sleeper's life that overlap, maybe uncomfortably so, and um, I think that the more I read him, the more I. I think that that's something you can notice in the recording side is that yes. at a certain point you were like, oh, you're really in the voice now. Yeah, like we recorded uh, like the last, I think we recorded like the last five or six in, in less than a week. Yeah, and it was hot. Yeah, it was Holy hot. Cow. Yeah, yeah. It was And the the uh, airco was out. In yeah. This office. We're like in an in a office building not meant for creative Lynchian podcasts Absolutely at all. not. It's not <laughs> acoustically super great. <laughs> no, I just rent this small, well, not that small, of an office right. surrounded by It's the size of my apartment. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not true. <laughs> uh, like, I think we're surrounded by IT specialists and accountants and people who are probably wondering what the hell is going on in this office. We might need their help someday. Yeah, true. If we get big enough, yes, we'll need hopefully. IT people and accountants and <laughs> hopefully stuff. Hopefully we'll need... But the, but the airco was out that week and it was really, really hot. But but something, yeah, I, I don't know what it was, but something clicked and it's not like I knew what the voice was and then I recognized it. It was just like we, we discovered it together, I guess. Right. And to me, um, yeah, that tone just made a lot of sense. And it made writing the second season really easy because it was like, ah, this is... This is how Cosper will play him. So now I can just really lean into that tone. That's interesting. Yeah. That, so the, the the way that it was performed also kind of gave you a, a sense of the character. Yeah, the way the way you uh, ended up uh, playing him, and also like like you just told me all the similarities. I mean, those are a complete accidents, right? I, I know. This. It's not like you were like, oh, I'm gonna fuck with Casper. I'm, I'm gonna write a story about this loser and how he needs to move on with his life and stop pining over yeah. this woman. I had no like, <laughs> I had no idea. I, fi I finished like the first half before I even knew we were going to do this. Mm -hmm. uh, but anyway, you kept like in most um, episodes, there's of course the flashback in the middle uh, with Kim and stuff. You kept pointing out like emotions like, oh, yeah, I really get this. And, and that also helped inform the character because I was like, OK, then I'll blow that part of him right. up way more than uh, other parts. So, so, so the performance kind of informs uh, the writing of the character. That's really interesting. Yeah. So he'll. So if we, if we're not careful, he'll become you. Well, yeah. Or or vice versa. <laughs> Oof. <laughs> Who knows? I don't know if that's. Maybe I'll go bad. on an adventure. <laughs> yeah. There's not a lot yeah. of deserts around here, thank goodness. Yeah. So. But but so there wasn't a lack of. Um, uh, the, uh, I mean, there wasn't like one moment or scene where you were like, "Oh, no, now I get him." Not really. I don't think so. I mean. Mm. I think in the maybe in the beginning I was just like I didn't even really want to see any similarities between myself and, and the character. Yeah. Um, and also it took time to get into the the atmosphere of the show. Yeah. I think, you know. Um, uh, I think the same will go for some listeners. Uh, probably. I think it'll. I think this might be a show where it takes a couple of episodes to kind of get. I mean, it's easy, it's easy for me to say because I've obviously listened to each episode like over and over and over. Yeah, yeah. Like whenever you, you finish one, I go and listen to it obsessively because yeah. 
who doesn't want to listen to themselves talk. <laughs> <laughs> but you got over that, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, certainly the, the, um, the sense of sounding weird, like yeah. hearing your own voice and it sounding weird because ladies and gentlemen, I'm not a professional voice. Yes, actor. you are. I Stop am now. It. I mean, I got, I got, I guess I get paid now, but <laughs> I don't have a ton of background. So, um, because for people who didn't notice you play multiple characters. Yeah, I'm sure people did notice, but in the deck of tapes, I played two characters as well. Because Nobody noticed. Some, no, because you did some clever, clever pitch shifting and well, stuff. Well, not that much. Just one, just one note down. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah, that's all. Because even when I listen to that, I'm like, oh, that's weird. Is that me? Uh, but in this show, yeah, again, I play multiple uh, parts because one of them is obviously the main part. And then there's yeah. a few other little voices here and there that, that come in. Um I don't think you you notice that you play all the parts because you know it. I don't think people probably will other notice. people wouldn't know. No. But but in any case, listening to your own voice back doesn't sound weird to me anymore. No, that's good. One thing I think really helps is um, having like a good microphone. Yeah. If you listen to a tinny recording on your phone, it's obviously going to sound terrible. But yeah. once you get more, um, yeah, more depth to your voice through a good audio setup, it sounds much more natural because yeah. in your own head. You have the resonance through your bones that I think makes your voice sound a little deeper to yourself. Yeah. So it kind of helps to have the. <laughs> I don't like listening to myself talking. Uh, you know, it's so weird. I guess. It's so yeah. Different. I still do. I mean, it is still weird, but yeah. uh, I, it, it's not something that bugs me anymore. Like, uh. it's not like I'm, I refuse to listen to the episodes or anything because I'm. And, and what's your. Do you, um, do you like prepare a script extensively or do you do most of the work while we. Um, I don't want to sound unprofessional, but <laughs> most of it is done on the fly. I mean, I, I tend to read the scripts in advance a couple of times. And then that might be where I'll, I might make a note about how I might want to change the way something's written. Um, but a lot of the time, you know, and I'll try to think a little bit about how the intonation should be. What have, mostly what kind of emotion he's going through at a certain point. Yeah. Um, that's the main thing. But yeah. I mean, the process that we do here doing the recordings is so um, you sit on of, a crappy chair. That's step one. And then I, I move around and it creaks a lot. And <laughs> yeah. And then we do a retake. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I mean it's such an iterative thing. Or actually, that's not even the right way to say it because that would imply that we do this over and over and over and over and over until no, we, we get the right one, which we don't. We no. we actually manage to do this pretty pretty quickly. Um, but it's like a it's it's very collaborative. Like yeah. I think that if I came in here with a whole head full of how I'm going to do it and had like prepared a monologue, um, it wouldn't be as natural. You know, we wouldn't be able to tweak it as easily because I would have to change that, yeah. that sort of uh, pre-existing uh, format that I've got in my mind. Um, so a lot of it is just sort of, yeah, as we go. And that's because you have, you, you always have a couple of like language pointers which make me think that you that you actually. Um, it's uh, often also as I'm because I'm reading like one line ahead of what I'm saying. Yeah, of, yeah. You know, so I can see in advance. Yeah. Uh oh, I'm going to stumble on that yeah, because yeah, yeah. That, <laughs> uh, that doesn't read like it doesn't track properly. Yeah, yeah. So I need I need to already start like preparing to jump over the obstacle. Yeah, yeah. Like half a sentence in advance. Yeah, it makes sense. Um. So yeah, I don't know. No, it's it's not that I'm like. That, I've, that I'm really sitting around with all these little notes, like with red marks and underlines and stuff like that. No. 
And what's it like? Because th- then you've recorded and you walk out of here and a couple of weeks later I did the soundscape and the soundtrack. And is it then anything like you expect? Or That's so exciting. Yeah. I, I love that. Yeah, I love that. It's like yeah. my favorite thing is when you upload a new episode and I'm yeah. like, oh, I'm going to go listen to that five times. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it's... It, Yeah, I don't know. I think that when you're when you when I'm reading it, I, you know, I can't speak for other people. When I'm reading it out, I'm very much imagining what's going on. You know, I'm very yeah. much in the story, sort of playing out like a film yeah. as I'm reading it. Whether that's you know just at home the script, or whether I'm reading it out loud here um, for the recording. So I'm very much in my own image of what's going on. <clears throat> But because we skip the parts where other people's dialogue is, and I kind of just quickly glance through that. Um, listening to the final episode really finishes that movie for me. Oh, yeah, because we, of course, you don't hear any of the other performances. No, no not no. until the yeah, final yeah. episode. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. that kind of fills in the blanks in my headcanon, yeah. I guess, like yeah, in the yeah. film that's playing in my head when I read the story or listen back to it. Yeah. Um, so it is really nice. Like, I mean, I have a, I have a sense of what my voice is going to sound like, and I remember how I read something or what I was feeling or trying to feel yeah. when I read something. Um, but having the whole package together, yeah, it, it, it elevates everything that, that I've done, which I'm very grateful for <laughs> because <laughs> I'm not always impressed with what, you know, with my own work, but um, then suddenly, you know, one of your music pieces will come in in the background and I'm like, wow, that saved it. You but know? I also <laughs> think that maybe that's, I think you're selling yourself a bit short in the sense that we do some pieces a bit flatter, like... Um, And yeah, sure. Like, there's some direction involved. I think that the last episode, in fact, episode 10 is the is the most obvious example of this yes. because... Although, also, the one with the party in the woods. Yeah. Because in the beginning, he's... I don't want to say drunk, but there's an element of, like, sounds a little bit out of it, a little bit intoxicated or sleepy. Yeah. But he jumps back and forth between real life being kind of wasted... And, and narrating. And narrating, just clearly. And then in the last episode, you have a similar thing as well because, um, you know, you have the sleeper, you have the creeper, and you have the narration of this whole story about uh, yeah. the warriors and uh, the Narak. Um, those are three totally different tones. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, it's, and it's maybe subtle when you just listen to the podcast casually, uh, but, but in an acting sense, there, it's pretty big differences. Uh, so, so I sure, but I was just trying to because I can imagine that there are parts where you listen back and you're like, oh, I could have made that more fiery. Oh, absolutely, yeah. But Every I think, time. but I think the dynamic is important because sometimes um, I'll know, okay, there's going to be a pretty big like music piece here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you play it too big, too big, and the music is too big, and the sound effect, like there's no dynamics anymore. Right, and uh, that's that's the side of it that obviously I don't no, see or have much concept no. of. So. Uh, So I think here and there it's on purpose where we kind of make it a bit more flat. Also because most episodes are 20 minutes of fighting, escaping, or trying to comprehend weird stuff. Right. And if he's like 100% confused throughout the entire season, it would kind of drive you uh, crazy. Yeah, I mean, there, there, there is a part of me when I listen back to the, if I listen back to the whole season where I'm like, I oh, God, would, I wish this guy would just get his shit together. Yes. You know what I mean? Like there is certainly an element of me that is like, maybe this is a, a, a very like self-reflective part of me that's like, get your shit together. No, but, but it's true for that. Well, we make it quite literal at the end when his lizard brain tells him to get, to get his shit together. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I, I like that, but... um. 
Um, oh shit, what was I gonna say? Um, We're talking about. Oh no, I think what I was. Yeah, one thing I wanted to add is that it's tempting when I'm reading these things, whether it's like an ad read or even just the, the script, it is to go for like the kind of gravelly video game yeah. hero. You know what I mean? Like not, not that you're just like contemptuous of everything, but everything's grim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything's dark, you know? Like, but this is how we recorded the first version of the pilot. Right. And it, as much as that sounds quote unquote cooler, like more sort of Batman, yeah, yeah. I guess, it doesn't fit the character. No. Like if that was him, if he sounded like that and he talked like that and he had that affect, yeah. then you would expect him not to in work. the fungus house to like break a plank off a wall and beat the woman to death with it yeah. and then be like, what's in this fucking basement? And like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. And not to work not the guy. same job in the same town sure. into his 30s. Exactly, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, uh, I mean, I think that's one of the things I like about it is that maybe that's one of the things I can relate to about him is that mm. he's... He's a coward, you know, <laughs> like he, he runs. Even even his great adventure is running away from something. Yeah. You know, like sure, he's kind of running towards, you know, Kim and indirectly Naraka City, but he's basically running away from stuff. Like yes. that's his great achievement is to flee. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I like that about him. Is he him. leaving town or is he running away? Yeah, he's not yeah. really a hero because yeah. he avoids any kind of conflict if possible. And, yeah. you know, the, the minute somebody puts him under pressure, he buckles and, yeah. and ends up, you know, one of the things that um, I mentioned to you during one of the episodes, is he, he complains about his dad mm-hmm. and how his dad's like, oh, everything out in that city, everything, corrupted. everything's corrupted. And I was like, that kind of happens, right? Because like yeah. within a week of him leaving, he's running drugs for his drug mule and he's been arrested by a bunch of corrupt cops. Like, yeah. He's ab- his dad was absolutely right. <laughs> like, yeah. hundred percent correct. <laughs> you could also say that, well, no, I'm not going to say this. Don't spoil uh, anything. No, I almost spoiled it. So for me, the balance with that, the hard thing is that it's true. Like he's running and he's being a coward. Mm-hmm. Of course, this first season is a setup and we need an arc. Um, but I, but, uh, uh, but I do want... I don't want to. I don't want it to become that annoying that people don't root for him anymore subconsciously, right. and no, that's no, no. a pretty delicate balance, um, I think. So because also in the flashbacks, now that now that the whole first season is over, I mean he's um, he's quite selfish. Yeah, he's quite selfish. Yeah. But he knows it though, right? And he wants sure. to. Um, but but like like the very first version of all those flashbacks, I read them back, and I was like. I don't want this guy to win. Like, right. right. <laughs> I want this Kim to win, whoever she is. Yeah. You know? I mean, why don't uh, we following her? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, so, so that's a pretty delicate balance because I do want people to like uh, want to tag along for the arc. Um, yeah. But but it's it's hard. Oh sure. Yeah. I mean, there's a part of me that is that really. I mean, there's a part of me that really wants him to get a win. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, I don't know if yeah. he has to succeed ultimately or not, but yeah. It would be because a lot of these episodes, he's just getting beat around. You yes. know what I mean? Like he's getting pinballed by different forces that are all stronger than him, that are yeah. all, you know, dangerous, that understand the situation better, that yeah. know what's going on. Um, you know, maybe one day he, every he dog tries. has his day. Maybe, <laughs> maybe one day he'll 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 succeed at something. He breaks and launches his boss, and then uh, uh, like that's one of the rare moments of control. Exactly. Yeah. But towards the end, he he it's more and more right. So he um, um, 
uh, gets rid of the poison. He tries to flee. Um, uh, of course, that fails. And then also he tries to make a decision not to sell out this Jonathan guy, right. which immediate, who immediately sells him out. Um, uh, but I hope that they're slowly, like that's like slowly, um, that dynamic should change, especially in the second and third season, because otherwise you'll. Uh, yeah, I mean... He needs to take more control of his journey himself. I think. Yeah. And that's also sort of what the lizard brain was saying, right? Yes. She was like, Are you, have you achieved any of your goals? And he's like, well, because he's really allowing himself to just sort of be dragged along, right? Yeah. To, to sort of roll with external forces. Yeah, Like yeah. everything else is propelling him. Yeah. It's not that he's making decisions to go somewhere, do something. Yeah, and that's obviously a symbolism, but my... Uh, yeah, I was. I'm very wary of taking it so far that the character becomes completely unrelatable and is right. just a he avatar. Needs, exactly, it can't be completely passive. Yeah. Because. Um, but I had to introduce like the the weird rules of this world, and that's also part of the reason why I did it. Yeah. He. Yeah. Indeed. Because if you were completely, you know, confident and competent, he would kind of know all this stuff, and you wouldn't really have the opportunity to talk about it. Like, yeah. It would have to be very much implied. Um, so it makes sense. You need to but, have... But that will happen, though. I mean... Because it has to. He's a good audience surrogate. Like... Yeah. But you can only stretch it so far, I think. At yeah. one point, he has to... Uh, his agency has to uh, develop. Otherwise... I tell myself that every day. <laughs> <laughs> you got the part. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> consider it, consider it self-development. Uh, yeah. <laughs> So um, you want to share some uh, theories as a as a final point or what? Uh... Sure. Yeah. 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 I mean, I've had I've had numerous theories, and then about what though? About like the main kind of what's going on? Like, I mean, obviously, this is not just planet Earth. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, this isn't just our reality. Like, there's something more going on, and whether that whether this place and these people exist or not is is a different issue. But like, yeah. Um, Disclaimer, I have no idea what Casper's going to say. I have no idea what his theories are. That's right. right. Yeah. No, well, I mean, so you, may, you, it's, you, it's you might just hit the nail on the head right now, and be. I won't say anything. I mean, it's obviously it's very, it's very surreal, right? There's mm. a lot of uh, unusual elements that a lot of people kind of, I mean, take in their stride. Yeah. So, you know, a lot, of, a lot of me is left wondering, is he, you know, especially at the part where the lizard brain is like, hey, have you, are you sure you're not just standing yeah. at your grill, you know? Yeah. It's like, oh. Oh my God! It's a hallucination. <laughs> like, you know, maybe maybe he got yeah. hit by a car. Uh, okay, maybe yeah. Mr. Crow hit him in the car by accident, and mm. now he's got a bad head injury, and he's laying in a coma, and going through this whole bizarre, like fever dream, as you've described it. Yeah. You know, like that's that was one of the possibilities I considered. Um, then I was pretty sure for a while that um, it was some kind of like simulation. Maybe, mm -hmm. or that, um, you know, he talks a lot about Temple of Sleep. I was like, what if Temple of Sleep was real life and the, and Corvat and all that is the game? And he's like on the opposite side of it, but he doesn't know that because he's like a, a an NPC or something like <laughs> yeah. that, you know? Um, this, the fact that you're going down that rabbit hole might also be because we're finishing the Temple of Sleep script, right? Yeah, now. exactly. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. it, it, it's not like it's such a major point uh, plot point yeah. during the, the story. But it, we, I have just been reading a bunch of these. It'll be a spin-off story set in the world of the game. Yeah, exactly. And uh, yeah. 
Which is also a really weird, bizarre place. So the more I find out about that, the less I'm like, okay, yeah, that's a good theory. <laughs> but um, and then, I don't know. I mean, I think that there's also the fact that um, like this Navis fruit, like you kind of wonder, is he, maybe this is all like a drug trip hmm. or, uh, I mean, a lot of it is just altered perceptions, right? Like there, yeah. there has to be a way in which, uh, or, it, you know, straight up just fantasy, straight up fantasy story yeah. about a guy who lives in a weird world. Maybe. Like, <laughs> totally could be. Um, it's hard to it's hard to tell. Like yeah. it's hard to tell. Is this grounded in reality? Um, is it going to have like a deck of tapes like twist where it's like, oh, you know, in the end, he was a character in a book or something. I don't know. <laughs> like, I mean, he kind of is, I guess, because you're writing him. But uh, now it's getting meta. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's that's the danger. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. and I I kind of like the fact that. Um, I have no idea. And I'm sort of, every time something comes up, I'm like, is this a clue? Yeah, is yeah. this a red herring? Am I interpreting something? Yeah. Uh, like, am I really reading too much into stuff or am I missing the obvious? Yeah. You know? Um, I think you told me at a certain point, because I, I was talking to you about this during that week that we were boiling in this office. Yes. And um, and you were like, well, yeah, no, I know where it's going to go. Like, I, I, I know what it is, but I won't tell you. <laughs> And, uh, which was good. You didn't want me to tell me. And I said, don't tell yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. don't tell me because I'm really enjoying yeah. finding this out as we go. Yeah, yeah. And if you were like, nah, you know, this and that, you know, this person represents his sense of self-worth and this person yeah. represents his moral, I don't know, like that would remove all the mystery and kind of all the, the fun. Yeah. I think. I think so. that's the core though, because again, it's not my, this is not meant as like a huge puzzle for you to solve. Um, it's just meant as a, as a, as a fun, interesting journey. And, yeah, so and I just need the, the final destination to be satisfying enough to justify the journey. Um, yeah. There's plenty of overthinking to be done. Like, yes. And I do, I'm, I mean, there's overthinking in everything from like every symbol, every door, number, everything. Oh. There's a reason behind everything, but I don't, it won't, um, uh, like... Like it's not the listener's choice, uh, uh, job to decipher that, uh, in my mind. If you want to, it's all there, but you don't have to. I mean, I don't know. Part of me feels like I have to. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like I know it's there. I know that there's. I know that there's a little chocolate behind this little yeah. cardboard window. Like I just need to open it up and get it out. It's just the, it won't be the kind of show where, in retrospect, you'll get all of the clues. Um, no, no. At the end, they're like. To summarize, yeah, yeah, yeah. this is what yeah. actually happened. Yeah. yeah, it's just, I'm. I think that if I don't have a reason as, if I have enough reasons as a writer behind all the details, at least you'll your subconscious while experiencing as experiencing the story will sense that there's a kind of logic to it. It should be, con yeah. There's a consistency, yeah. to it because yeah. internally it does hold up because you have. Yeah. It's not, you're not just throwing random details in there. Like, no, oh, wouldn't it be funny if this dude turned into a crow? Ha, ha, no, no. Like, yeah, there's some, there's, there's, there's some rules to the world. That. Sure, yeah. Yeah, uh, or to the magic system or however you want to uh, call it. Right, right, um, right. Uh, yeah, but but it's not, I don't know, because there are shows where, um, like, like David Lynch is, of course, an extreme example where I feel like you shouldn't be puzzling at all uh, or looking for reasons. You should just kind of let it, let it, you should just undergo the experience and then that's it. Right. It's almost a waste of time to try to, <laughs> yeah. to pin it all down. No. To be honest, I don't think he knows. He sure. just lets it, he just lets it and flow in. And would it even really be 
would you even enjoy it as much? You know, would you enjoy film so. the same way if you were like, oh man, this is like a quiz, you know? Yeah, I mean? yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, it's like reading comprehension. Yeah, yeah. Back in the day, they'd be like, yeah. okay, read this text and then yeah. express that you actually understood what was being said. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it doesn't matter. No, indeed. If you're just yeah. like, I like the colors. Yeah. <laughs> it's I, pretty it's colors. Just, it, it just, yeah. I just hope that enough people like kind of go for the journey and kind of sense I don't know. I, I like disappearing into a world and I think that's only possible if there's some internal consistency uh, that holds the world together, especially if it's fantastical. So that's the main goal of just wanting to know where he's going tomorrow. Well, I'm curious, like I, I'm really much looking forward to finding out kind of what actually is going on someday um, and then re-listening and, yeah. and listening to it again and seeing if I can find you know, clues that I missed the first time. Some stuff will make more sense. Yeah. Da, like, da, da. yeah exactly. <laughs> Stay tuned for more seasons. <laughs> Stay tuned. Yeah. Um, Cause what's the idea? We're, uh, we're going to be doing season two. That's already, uh, that's, that's that, written and, yeah. and ready to go. Written and waiting for your feedback. And then we're ready to go. Okay. And then, and, uh, and then of course we're recording, uh, temple of sleep as a spinoff. Yep. Um, yeah. And then hopefully just, Onwards and upwards. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwein, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwein, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.